Christmas to you, podcast listeners, and Happy New Year to you, podcast listeners. It is four days before Christmas, and if you are a child, you are about to come out of your skin with happiness because Christmas is coming, and your perspective is so excited and fun. If you're a parent, you're probably scrambling to find all the right things and get everything wrapped and bake all the things and prepare to be with family that might be so exciting or really dreadful. And if you're a guy, I bet you're just now starting to think about Christmas shopping. I mean, you're not actually going to shop yet, but you're going to start thinking about it because, you know, Christmas is four days away. It is the last extra episode of Crossing the Line, and I've been rather quiet on extra episodes lately. There have been a lot of things happening in life, and I started to think about the end of the year, as we all do, you know, the Hallmark movies are out there, and there's mixed feelings about those. Here's my thought about it. We all post things or say things like, oh, I'd rather not ever watch those, but yet I think we do because in our heart of hearts, we always want it to turn out good. We always want the happy ending. That's how we're wired. That's how we're designed. So it's the end of the year, and of course we get reflective. We're supposed to. It's all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and and so on, and I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those two. I have, for the past five years, taken a personal retreat. What does that mean? That means that I have gone away for a couple of days by myself to one, two years, I went to a cabin in the woods, literally a cabin in the woods, and the only sound was the wind, and the only sights were the deer or other animals, and basically no Wi-Fi. I was off the grid. It was the most lovely time of the year. I actually remember sitting there and it was the 20, I think it was the 20th or the 21st of December. And I was looking out the window, having a cup of coffee and watching the snow and thinking the entire world is out there in a scramble, rushing and buying and shopping and baking and wrapping and thinking and and frantically trying to wrap up jobs so that we could be home for just those moments to make it exactly perfect. And I remember being at such peace and having this perspective that in the end, does any of that really matter? There's a title of a book that I came across this year that something about at the end, everything goes back in the box, right? At the end of a game, Monopoly, whatever you play, it all goes back in the box. The same thing kind of with our life, right? It all goes back in the box. And so usually this time of year, I am taking a retreat. And I'm doing that this year differently. Um, I moved and I have a beautiful home and I am leaving my home to go to some coffee shops and do some retreat stuff there, but then to just be in this space. And so I'm sitting here this morning on the 21st of December, and I want to reflect with you. Now, I have mentioned before, and I've had my dad on this podcast, and I've mentioned my mom quite a bit, um, about, it's been 32 years, it'll be 32 years this year. 
my mom came up with an idea, and this was when we were all starting to go away and have our own lives and um, go away to college and, and move out of the house. And what was happening was that, and now as a mom, I see why she did this. She didn't know what we were doing because our daily lives were not around her anymore. And parents, if you are having children who are starting to be that age, you're recognizing, well, you don't know all their friends. You don't know what they're doing on a daily basis. And so my mom requested that instead of gifts, which was great because we were all broke at the time, that we would write a year in review. We would write a review of our year. And as a gift to her, we would read that as part of our Christmas Eve celebration. Because our tradition was that my immediate family, the four of us and my mom and dad, had our Christmas Eve. And we have this, we always had barbecue ribs and mashed potatoes. And my dad sat on the couch and looked at all the presents while we all cleaned up. And there was this agony that we would never get to the presents. So we did that to humor my mom. We thought, okay, mom's got another great idea. Sure, we'll do this. And we did it. And then the next year we did it. And the next year and the next year. And in the fifth year of this gift to my mom, I lived in California and I was trying to think about gifts. How do you, what do you, you know. And I, I got to thinking that we'd all written these reviews. Where were they? What was going to happen to them? Were they just going to be on a computer somewhere? Were they just, what was going to happen? And I thought, well, okay. So I compiled them all into a, what has now turned out to be volume one of the Bierman history. Everyone's review in chapters. My mom's chapter was first, then my dad, and then myself, and so on. And I gave, I, I typed it all up, I wrote a foreword, I bound it, and I gave it to my mom for Christmas. Now, I don't know, my siblings might still be mad at me about that, because 32 years later, we still have to write these damn reviews. <laughs> And we still get to write these damn reviews. So we now have six volumes of the Beerman history written down from every person's perspective. So the first year, you know, the first few years, it was six of us. And then it was seven as get married and, and so on. And now there are 21 of us. For years, we still read them, which took up a lot of time. And there was some angst, I'm going to be honest, about do we keep reading these? It's taking forever. We don't get to play games. or. And in the end, the point was, because a couple of years ago, we said, OK, do we still keep doing these? Do we? And my nephew said, we can't quit now. Because what's happening is my siblings are using this as their it's becoming part of their Christmas Eve tradition as well. Because guess what? Our kids are leaving home and we don't know what they're doing and we miss them. And it's a way for us to hear. And 
I actually enjoy reading them because there are things that I don't know that goes on in everybody's life that I get to know from the way they want to tell it. Now, over the years, do not get me wrong, there have been, it's always emotional because you're reviewing your year. Imagine if you sat down right now, if you turned on your Christmas slides and turned off everything else and started to review your year. How in the world do you even start to think about 2023? And that's my point today, that we go so fast through this life, faster and faster and faster, and do we pause? Here's the other cool part. We have written history Sidebar, one year my mom wrote a poem, and it was in the years when the computer paper was attached, and it, it, was, it was perforated, and she stood on a chair, and her poem reached from the ceiling of our kitchen down to the kitchen floor. She promised never to write a poem ever again, <laughs> although she does write very well. My mom is a wonderful writer. And some years people sang and some years we did pictures. and But the point is this. The Beerman family has a history that's written down. And stories and my dad's perspective of the crop. The best part is my dad would say in his review that was about one page. Mary Jane will cover that. Oh, I'm sure mom has talked about that. The actual exercise, discipline of sitting down to pause long enough to review is significant. Significant. So I sat yesterday and wrote my review. And I want you to know that it's hard. And it's hard because... The question is, how do, you, how do you even begin to capture it? That's the word, capture it. How do you capture it? Because there's all the events. There's the doing of everything. There's all the things that I did. I sold a home. I built a home. I moved. I went to Europe. I traveled. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. But in between the doing is the being. The emotions, the feelings, the yearnings, the sadness, the laughter, the tears, the conversations with people. Sort of like this, this film reel that, you know, scrolls the, the credits at the end. It, it's like this life scrolling and how do you put that all, how do you capture that? And the last two years, I took the approach that when I am 80 plus years old and I am incapable of doing anything but sitting in my chair and reading these, I want to look back and read mine and see the events enough that it reminds my brain and triggers my mind to take me back to that to the moment in Macedonia with my mom where we were in a hotel that was just scary as hell and find myself back there in that moment 
laughing later about it as we tell the story. So why am I talking about this? Why? Because, well, we're preparing for Christmas, and as you well are aware, I am a Christian, and Jesus is the light of the world in the middle of the dark. Because if you talk to anyone, I would say there's not a week that goes by that there aren't conversations about how dark our world is right now. Ukraine is dark. Israel is dark. Our economy is dark. Our elections are dark. Our kindness toward one another is dark. Everything is dark. But Jesus is the light that's coming. And when we stop and reflect and think, then we get to decide. We get to see how we have been a light in people's lives through the year. And I bet you, you have been. Because at the end of the day, at the end of our life, it all goes back in the box, and we don't take anything with us except our relationships. So what are you doing to reflect on the year? Notice I have said nothing about what are your resolutions and what are your goals going to be for 2024 and how are you going to go into the new year? And uh, no, I just encourage you. I know there's only a few days left in the year 10, I guess, right? 21st to the 31st. Look at me doing math live on the air. 10 days left in this year. How are you going to spend it? What are you going to do to remember? To think about it? So maybe in these next 10 days, you actually spend... Your perspective changes when you're sitting with people. Yes, those family members that we don't want to be with or the dread or whatever that is. How are you reviewing? I will tell you that literally, and my children, God bless them, do this every year for grandma. But as a mom... Reading the reviews that have come in, I am grateful because I, too, learned things, and now I understand why 32 years ago, my mom asked for this as a gift, right? Maybe it's a tradition you can start with your own family in some way. I don't know. What are you doing to pause? What are you doing to pause? To give yourself the gift of a hot minute because the world moves fast. I'm reading a new book and it's about the generations and I will tell you it's a very thick book, it's a very dense book, it's research about the generations and I'm have spoken a lot this year to organizations and associations and companies and people about this generations in the workplace. And because, again, another dark place in our world is are these young professionals coming in and not knowing how to have a job or all the things that we say. And this book, as I'm beginning it, is talking about technology as the uh, contributing to the decline of our world. Now, technology is a wonderful thing, but folks, it didn't just start with the iPhone. According to this book, and this research is 
deep, deep, deep. It started back when we automated things. I mean, back even as far as I'm going to get all this information wrong, but I'll put this book reference in the notes, in the show notes. But when we went from no electricity to electricity, when we went from hitting flint on the rock to make fire to a gas stove, cars from horses, and so on, because here's the perspective that this woman gives in this book. We don't need each other anymore. When you lived in communities and you lived in the cave world, you needed each other. You relied on your neighbor women or your neighbor men when you did laundry, when they went out to hunt. We don't need people. Think about it. Think about how self-sufficient you are. DoorDash, you can go to a restaurant. You don't... We. I mean, I moved into a new neighborhood and I mean, unless I go knocking door to door, I'll bet you that I'm not going to meet people. I mean, I'm going to say hi, but I'm not dependent on them in any way. And when I read that, I thought, oh my goodness. But here's what I do know, as is evidenced by the darkness of this world and the negativity like suicide rates and shootings and arguments, we actually do need each other. We actually are not meant to live in an isolated world in our house where we see no human being. I believe the number is seven, maybe it's nine, hugs a day for survival. They ask for volunteers to hold babies in hospitals when they're in the NICU for a longer, then then they don't get to go home with their parents. Why? Because our bodies need human touch. I live alone. I think about that. How many hugs a day do I get? Why do you think I hug people? Every time I see people that I know, you know you're getting a hug from me. (laughs) It's because I'm dying on the inside. (laughs) In all seriousness, We are not meant to live an isolated world. And folks, that's what's wrong with lots of things. So this generations, this, um, it's a perspective that I hadn't had. Where are you? Where can you find an opportunity to not be alone, to be a light for someone else, to look forward and say, hmm, how might I contribute positively and be a light? Ponder that. I am going to actually review my year with you. I've had many people ask me what it is that I do, and I know I did a a previous podcast on this, but I'm going to delve just a little bit deeper. And I'm going to do this for A, self-promotion, let's be honest, but B, where in 2024 is there an opportunity for you to impact someone, some organization, yourself, young people, 
by reaching out to work with me. So the question is, what do I do? And I, I will say part of this was my review and it was easier to list what I do in my business. So I have a couple of streams of how I help people. One, I keynote speak. What does that mean? People say, are you a motivational speaker? No, I'm not. I don't want to be a motivational speaker because motivation is from outside. Yeah, you may have enjoyed my talk. You may have said, oh, I got something out of that. But when you walk out of the room, you're not going to do anything about it. And to me, that's not a success. So I'm an inspirational speaker, which means I want to inspire you to take action, which means I want to make you uncomfortable to do something. So I speak to groups, either your opening speaker or your ending speaker, to get your minds set right for the day, for the conference, for whatever is in front of you. And if I speak at the end of the day, typically I'm there for the day and I've listened and I incorporate what's happened at your event in my remarks to have you, have you and help you have one or two takeaways, actions that you will do. So I keynote speak. I also coach. And I had somebody ask me, oh, what do you coach? No, I don't coach sports. I coach, I coach humanity. I don't coach football or basketball or baseball or golf or anything like that. I coach people. I'm not a life coach. I, there's a reason I'm not a counselor because I'm just not, but I coach. I have clients who've started their own business and I help them do that. I have had a coach for eight years. Best investment I made myself. I coach young people. One in particular, how do I, what do I do in a corporate setting? I've never been there before, so I don't know. I have clients who are running their own business. I have clients who work for other people. I have clients who are um, wanting a promotion or how do you navigate supervising someone else or what does that look like? And so I do executive coaching. I am starting, I'm hosting a retreat for young professionals in January. I'm very much looking forward to that because I had several people reach out to me and say, wow, I wasn't prepared. And these are high, intelligent, got good degrees, all the things that the outside looks at and says, oh, that's successful. And they're inside going, I don't know how to do this. So I'm hosting a retreat for them. I want to start a coaching group, a young professionals coaching group. I've also this year worked with companies on strategic planning, strategic planning for their company. What does it look like going forward? And more like an operating system. How, what, okay, because strategic planning is just a plan that sits in a drawer, not in this instance, no. So I've worked with companies in strategic planning. I have been the uh, facilitator for several workshops in all different arenas. Young people ages 6 to 21. Oh, that was interesting. That was interesting and quite fun. I also was the keynote speaker to a group of engineers where the oldest person in the room was 83 years old. Yeah. So I host workshops at breakout sessions. The other thing that I'm doing unexpectedly is I am helping farm families as a facilitator for their legacy and succession planning. 
I've hosted farm legacy discussions where I want families to be in the room and start the conversation about what does it look like to transition your operation, your farming operation, to the next generation. Because 70% of farm families do not have a plan. And here's why they don't have a plan. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of challenge. There's a lot of obstacles. There's personalities. And it's difficult when you're working with family. And so they don't talk about it. And then something happens. So again, because I'm not a motivational person, speaker, inspirational, I wanted to do something and provide a solution. So I have had for two years now uh, a group of professionals, a panel of four, an accountant, attorney, a banker, and an insurance agent get together and we offer these free panel discussions. And in 2024, as requested by many of these families who have come to these discussions, I'm hosting a workshop where actually we're going to facilitate you walking through doing this work with your family. Because there are other organizations, there are other companies, there are other people out there talking about succession planning. And what I'm finding, they're doing right things. Here's what you do, here's how you do it. But families can't get there because they can't get past how to have the hard conversations. So I'm facilitating this workshop, I'm hosting a workshop. I held a mastermind. I, I led a mastermind last year. Hosted a podcast. Let's talk about the podcast. This started, as you know, when Noah and I started, which we think we've gotten better since January. It was sort of this, hey, you guys should do a podcast because you're fun together. And, and folks, it has been a joy. Every time Noah and I record, we just laugh and... You know, there, there's the outtakes. I'm still trying to figure out how to get that video going, but one step at a time. But this podcast, I had someone text me yesterday say, long-time listener, first-time caller, here's a topic idea or here's something and about what people should know in the workplace. Yes, exactly. And so I'm going to be talking about humility. That will be an extra episode in 2024. This podcast has been fun to record, to do, to hear. And I, I know people are listening. I, and Noah always says, Cheryl, you, you know, the shameless plug. Yes. Rate it, review it, share it. That's how it gets out there. Because in the world of podcasts, there's a lot of noise. There's 2 million, 3 million, I don't know, 7 million podcasts. We're just one. So it has been a year of incredible work for me. And I tell you this Yes, is a shameless plug because I would love the opportunity to speak, to coach, to facilitate. I tell you this more because I took a leap of faith several years ago to leave a regular job with a regular paycheck with regular benefits and strike out on my own. And in my review, as I sat yesterday and I thought about all of the doing, but weaved into the doing, but weaved into the doing is all of the, holy cow, can I do this? And it was only because I sat quietly at the end of every year, and now I do it quarterly. I've done that for the last couple of years. 
really listening that I've had the strength and the courage and the confidence that has grown over time. And it's like I wrote in my review, I absolutely love what I'm doing every day. I don't have the Sunday blues. Oh, sure, I'm hustling all the time and thinking about it. And people say, you work too much. It's not work. I love it. My dad always said, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So what are you going to do that maybe you've wanted to do or you haven't had the courage to do or it's been niggling at your mind going, okay, you want to try something. Get quiet. Get curious. I don't do resolutions yearly. I don't do goal setting. I've done that before. But for the last, this will be the seventh year, I have a word of the year. And they're on the wall in my office, and they have been words like, my first word was mystery, bloom, manifest, refine, cultivate, and this year's word was curiosity. And oh, oh Lordy B. <laughs> I've been told multiple times, Cheryl, you ask so many questions. That's right, I do. Curiosity was my word. I said in January, hmm, I wonder what, what the end of the year will look like. Wow. It's been an incredible year. It's been a busy year. It's been a wonderful year. It's been a big year. It's been a deep year. It's been a blessed year. It's been a growing year. It's been a year of grief. It's been a year of endings necessary and a year of incredible beginnings. 2023 is about over, folks, 10 days. At the end of the day, it all goes back in the box. You don't get to take anything with you. You can't get time back, all the, the cliches that are out there. Thank you for being listeners of this podcast. I, as I, as I got up this morning and thought about what I wanted to talk about, I believe with all my heart, and I tell people this in every opportunity I can, I believe with all my heart the best project, the only project that really matters that you work on in your life is yourself. Because you becoming the best and better version of yourself by learning about yourself and taking care of yourself with sleep and eating and all of the health, mind, body, spirit, then you can show up best for the people around you. Make it a priority. It's not selfish. It's not selfish. Again, I would love to work with you. I really encourage you to think about taking some moments to review, reflect, and think so you are refreshed and renewed to be light for someone, for yourself maybe, in 2024. Crossing the Line podcast 
This is the final episode for 2023. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and may you be abundantly blessed in the coming days. Thank you for listening.